listening to Kraken Fancast, presented by Silver City Brewery, the podcast for Seattle Kraken fans by Seattle Kraken fans. Release the Kraken. All right, hello everyone, and welcome to another episode of Kraken Fancast. I'm your host, Chris Porter. I'll be joined momentarily by my colleague, Jim Parkwell, Nathan Gunderson, and Chelios. We're so psyched to be presenting another episode, which I think is episode number six. My God, already. It's, it's been amazing. Uh, and uh, we're looking forward to many, many more. Uh, for those of you who are new to our program, uh, I want to let you know that we release episodes approximately every two weeks. We'll discuss news about NHL's Seattle Kraken franchise, franchise excuse me, uh, which will start play in just a few weeks. Uh, we also aim to go into some different subject matter you might not hear on other podcasts and webcasts. Please uh, follow us on our Facebook page, Instagram page, and Twitter page, all under Kraken Fancast. You can also find our YouTube channel where we have our big marathon show that we did uh, on the NHL expansion draft day and also an interview I did with uh, Tim Pipes, the owner of the Angry Beaver. We'll have more content in that uh, on that channel uh, in the months to come. So we wanted today to do something a little different. There's, there's been a lot of news each time right before we've done these. And um, that's not so much a case uh, today, but it, it's a great time for us to kind of go back and talk about a, some various subject matter we meant to do, but we just haven't had time. Like, uh, let's talk about where the Seattle Kraken will end up in the whole NHL scheme of things the division they're playing in. They're in the Western Conference, but more specifically, they are in the Pacific Division. Uh, Encompasses a number of teams, of course, uh, the Anaheim Ducks, Calgary Flames, Edmonton Oilers, Los Angeles Kings, San Jose Sharks, Vancouver Canucks, Vegas Golden Knights, and of course, our own Seattle Kraken. That's quite a, a, a big division there of uh, some teams that have been on a couple on their way up or have been up and a few on their way down and trying to uh, rebuild right now. So, you know, in my mind and, and many others, if, if you had to be an expansion team on a particular year and end up in the Pacific Division, this is a pretty arguably a pretty good year to do so because it's not a very strong division collectively. Edmonton Oilers been strong team. They made the playoffs last year. Uh, Vegas Golden Knights, they've, they've been a strong team since they got out of the gate. Every year they've been in the playoffs and certainly were uh, last year. None of the other teams made it to the playoffs. Granted, we had a different, because of uh, the whole pandemic, we had a realignment for one year of the uh, divisions. But uh, all of these teams really struggled quite a bit. Uh, the Anaheim Ducks were, they had one of the worst records in the whole NHL. Uh, Calgary Flames were arguably a disappointing team. I think some people thought they would do a little better than they did. They had, you know, kind of a a so-so year. Uh, LA Kings have been sort of in rebuild mode for a while. San Jose Sharks are certainly in rebuild mode. Vancouver Canucks, disappointing year. They've been mediocre for a bit. Uh, So there's some openings. If the Kraken get off a good start and turn into this competitive team, we feel they are or they are going to be. How competitive, though? That's anybody's guess. But uh, Nathan, let me start with you. I always start with Jim. I'm going to change it up. and Because you, you know the Vegas Golden Knights intimately well. You've been following that team recently in, in, in all of their years. Um, are, who's the biggest competition? Is it Vegas? I mean, who's going to be the toughest? 
Who do you think, uh, is there anybody in particular they match up well with? Or, you know, what, what are your feelings on how the Kraken will uh, match up with the rest of this division? Looking at the schedule, it's a pretty good schedule. I mean, we get to see lots of different teams that you don't always actually get to play all the time, which was a little surprising for me. As far as Vegas, they've made the playoffs every year, but I don't know that they were necessarily ready for another team. They've been the highlight of the NHL for a while. As far as the new golden child, you know, no pun intended. There's a lot of players I like to watch out for on the Golden Knights roster. To see some of our new guys for the crack and go up against those guys, it's going to, to me, that's going to be one of the biggest rivals. I always worry about Edmonton. They kind of fly under the radar. They have their ups. They have their downs. But they manage to pull through when they need to. So, in asking me, I would say those are the two teams that I think we're gonna we're gonna fight amongst the the most. Uh, a lot of people say Vancouver because they're so close that we're fighting for the Pacific Northwest, but I don't think we're gonna have to worry about them too much, honestly. Yeah. Well, J- Jim, I mean, are some of those teams that have been struggling. Any of them, uh, particularly, on their way up? Or are we seeing continued mediocrity from a lot of them? I mean, some of them have made some moves, but no- nothing that blew me away. To that, I'm thinking, oh, they're they're on their way up. Not to me. How about you? Well, I struggled teams three through six picking in the division here. I do have the Canucks up in number three spot. As long as they stay healthy, that's the key because their top six is solid. Pedersen's got to come back. He had a bad injury year last year. Demko's got to be solid. Uh, Connor Garland was a great pickup. Ekman Larson was a good pickup. I think they're definitely going to be better. I got. I have them in three spot. Um, I see the Kings coming up a little bit, and not as much as some, but Deneau was a great pickup. I was actually hoping that the Kraken would grab him in the expansion, or not expansion, but in the FA. They got Edler. And this could be a good rookie year for Quinton Byfield. I'm really curious how that turns out for that kid because there's a lot of talk about him even last year. So those teams in the middle, I've got the Flames hanging out at five. I wasn't impressed at all with what they did. They didn't do much. And the funny thing about the Flames is I couldn't figure out where to put them. You got to go back to season 18, 19 when we had the last normal season. And they were the ones that finished in top in the Pacific. Then in 1920, we had the bubble season, which you can't really count a season. That was just a bizarre 2014 tournament, as it turns out. And then uh, 2021, when they made the Honda West Division, which was basically Western U.S. teams. And then they had the Canadian North Division, which was turned out to be the weakest division on paper. But it also produced a Stanley Cup representative in the Canadians. So... It just, you can't go on the past three years of history, really. That's the thing. There's nothing going. So it's like a fresh start. All I can do is is read the pickups, read the players, see who, who they picked up, who they lost, and then make my best judgment like a lot of us. And these things never come to fruition. But I've got Vegas one. I think they're still solid. I got Edmonton there. Uh, Edmonton's broken out of money, so they can't make many good deals. I got the Canucks at three. I got Kraken coming in at four with our D and our goaltenders being the number one and two draw. Flames five, Kings six, San Jose, and then Anaheim. So the bottom two are still hanging out in the bottom two. And fourth, that so that kind of puts them on the cusp on the playoffs. Yeah, that puts them on the cusp for, yeah, they'd have to fit into a wild card. It depends on what goes on in the central. And the central actually looks stronger unit overall. The Pacific's the weakest division there is right now, but we'll see. I, I wanted to put them up higher, but I, I 
But we don't know because you know the wild card is what's the chemistry going to be between these teams? These guys are meeting each other for the first time. It might be great on paper. They seem like a a pretty solid, not a top team, but a solid team. But we, yeah, it's it's. I, I feel like they're going to win more. They're going to be above five hundred. They're going to win more. They probably have a fair amount of OTLs, uh, overtime loss, and nobody's going to like playing against them. <laughs> what we're joking around. Um, Right after the expansion draft, we were joking about, oh, my God, McDavid's going to hate rushing through the red and the blue. So <laughs> we'll see how that goes. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Well, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, obviously, you know, training camp's going to start up soon. And, you know, in just a few, it's September 26th. Got under a month, guys, um, from the first preseason game in Spokane, So, uh, which some of us are going to be at. And uh, I can't wait. So, uh That'll be really interesting to see and, and maybe tell us a, at least a little bit. Although it's a long season, it's it's a marathon, so it'll only tell us so much. It's gonna it's gonna be interesting. I think I think we all agree though that they're gonna be competitive off the out of the gate. Just is it fourth? Is it third? Is it sixth? Get your bets out now, I guess. Well, let's you know, and let's maybe uh, sink in because Jim, you were just talking a little bit about players uh, on the other teams. Uh, do you guys have any vibes? Who are you feeling like are going to be that that guy? I mean, we, who's going to be? I, I always called it, you know, per my, you know, in the past in the Boston Bruins uh, for a long time, I've had a seventh player award, and that's given to the player that, uh, you know, it, it was in so many words just sort of a nice, great surprise. They were they were a big uh, factor for the team. It wasn't a top line guy, but somebody who did better than than expected and, and really made it made an impact. Who do we, you know, people for, you know, focus on Jordan Eberle and Grubauer and some of these guys, Alexiak maybe. Who else though? I mean, there's a lot of guys on there. And, uh, you know, some of us earlier before we were taping, we were looking at an old uh, video of Vince Dunn scrapping in his uh, AHL days from, I think it was 2017. And from this guy who's quite a bit bigger than he was. And it's like, wow, okay, does that bode well for us? So I'm not saying it's done, but any guys, and Nathan or Jim, either you guys, chime in yes who 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 we who might be a nice surprise here go ahead jim oh okay i was looking at the the roster and i was thinking you know let's look at the obvious and i i said no i'm going to shy away from that and go with a, a little bit off the board i'm calling for cali yonkrook to have a hell of a rookie season on the wing or not rookie but uh debut with the crack and on the wing for some reason probably be a second line obviously but i just feel like he's going to have a good year uh, and the D, D department, I have Vince Dunn, hands down. I think he's going to get a ton of power play time, and he's going to capitalize. I think he's going to be handing out apples like crazy. Um, I think he's going to be really good back there. My dark horse seventh man type player, that's a tough one because there's so many of that bottom six you could go through. And I like them all, but for some reason, I'm leaning towards Colin Blackwell. I think I think he can. <laughs> I don't know about it. I just think he can be a good, definite fourth line energy guy or something. And uh, I know he's a two way player, and I know he was liked in New York, and they didn't like to lose him. So I'm just I'm definitely throwing that one out there. I I'm smiling because he was maybe a top guy for me on that too. I mean, um, you know, another guy. And now I'm looking a little closer at the at the uh, roster right now, and. You know, Yanni Gordes, and obviously he's going to start off uh, injured, but it, when he comes back, there'll be high expectations for him. I think a lot of people have, uh, you know, some, you know, a, a good, big expectation from Jaden Schwartz. 
But yes, Colin Blackwell is one that um, a number of Rangers fans I know were bummed. So I was like, ah, that tells me something. I, I'd say him. Um, I don't. I don't know. I think. Uh, I, maybe he's expected. Jonas Donskoy is maybe expected for by a lot of people to be, you know, a top player anyway. I don't know, but uh, I mean, a lot of these guys, if they were not on an expansion team, they'd be seventh players, so to speak, uh, on a lot of other teams. So. Uh, but um, Black will also give a little process, maybe Mason Appleton too. I'm kind of intrigued by, um, you know, it, it's a lot of these guys that I think we could see stepping up a little bit more because now they have, all of a sudden they have potentially more playing time than they had in their other teams and uh, they could, they could, they could rise above, but uh, I'm, I'll second your Blackwell there. I agree with the, uh, the Blackwell uh, decision. You know, we talk about defense and everything, but I, I'm, I also kind of look, uh, trying to do a little bit more digging into, you know, the Hayden flurries and, and and those kind of guys. See them get some ice time, see how well they do. I just want to know who, you know, we can really rely on. And I want to know that early. That's just my opinion. You know, it's it's a it's a long season. Everybody, you know, you look, you're going back to Vegas, you know, players like Nick Hag, like, what does he do? What is he going to do? And he's he's a good guy. I mean, he's. He's a young guy, 6'6", 205, 210. And he's running circles around a lot of those guys that have been on the in the league for a, a while longer. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what players we have now that'll do that for us. Indeed. Indeed. I agree. All right. Uh, well, cool, guys. Thanks for that, for that uh, input. Um, let's talk a little bit about one other thing that we uh, hadn't really chatted much about. There was there was a little little some people a little peeve those who've uh, cut the cable cord so to speak and don't uh don't have cable so they don't have root sports and so they're like how are we going to watch the games but uh i wanted uh, that's a little intro into uh, talking about the broadcast situation so uh those of you who are wondering how can you watch and listen to the kraken um of course uh, kjr fm uh one of the two sports radio stations here in town uh, they got the contract to do the radio, uh, which we'll hear ever fits you doing play by play on there. And then of course we'll have, uh, John Forsland, uh, on root sports, um, being a broadcaster on that for TV. Um, and then are there other things, guys, what else is out there to, for people to watch? Am I missing something? Was there, there was some talk about some streaming things and stuff. I know like the Seattle times. And the Seattle Times read all about it. And then, of course, all of the uh, uh, illegal streaming sites you can find from Russia. Uh, they'll all have it, right? But, uh, yeah, um, I'm very excited about John Forslund. For people who don't know who he is, uh, he was a longtime uh, Carolina Hurricanes and Hartford before that Hartford Whalers play-by-play man. Also had some experience in the AHL prior to that. So he's a longtime hockey guy. But uh, if you've ever watched... Uh, any of the NHL uh, uh, games on NBC over the past recent years, um, other than Doc Emmerich, uh, he was often doing a lot of those games. So that was quite a coup for them to get John Forsland, in my opinion. Um, and 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 then, but on the and then on the other hand, Everett Fitzhugh was a wonderful story. Uh, AHL guy, great voice. I mean, I didn't know anything about it. Everett. What Everett Fitzhugh? My God, that that sounds like you know someone from the from the you know, from, from high, high society somewhere it appears, but this guy was, you know, based in Cincinnati has been, been doing broadcasting for a while, very well. I, you know, I listened, listened to a lot of his stuff 
And uh, but he was, you know, and I, I don't know whether he, you know, had other opportunities for NHL or what, where he's one of those guys that we're hoping to uh, have a, a for an interview for our broadcast one of these days. I'd like to hear a little more of his story, but uh, no NHL experience. And so this is his first opportunity. And uh, I, I think a well-deserved one. Uh, you know, he'd been, you know, in the AHL for a while, does really good work. So I'm psyched with both those guys. I've got 30 three or 34 NHL channels. Impressive. Uh, I know that's yeah. a little excessive, but it is what it is. They have one for every team. But I digress. Uh, when I found out that John was going to be our TV broadcast announcer, I took it upon myself to tune into some of the Carolina games. And I just kind of wanted to hear how he sounded. And I went on YouTube and I'm like, you know, I want to kind of envision how excited he gets about our guys. It's a good choice. I'm excited to have him again with Everett Fitzhugh as well on the radio, but uh, they're going to add, you know, good flavor. We've got great commentating for all our other sports. So I think it's going to be top notch. And also I, I was remiss. Also, I forgot uh, also oh, at least one of the color commentators. I don't know if someone will be with Everett, but uh, John Forsen, we have J former, very recently former uh, NHL player, JT Brown um on there too so uh we'll see how he is i don't the jury will be out with me for him because I, I don't think he has as much you know obviously experience but uh long time uh you know pro player and should have some great insight moving along another interesting thing that's happening for the fans the kraken iceplex what's the kraken iceplex well the kraken iceplex is their big facility that the team owns and uh, it was a, where the Northgate Mall once was, or part of the Northgate Mall. Uh, my understanding, and guys correct me if I'm wrong on any of this, three ice rinks, uh, much of it obviously for the team, for their practices and then training camp and, and, and all also uh, all the team offices, which they've had temporarily in, in the Queen of the Arena, that's all gonna be up at Northgate. And, uh, but then also a, uh, a rink for the public, uh, for those season ticket holders or in the know or whatever, but some of us got some emails where there's going to be an opening on September 9th. And then I think it's opened up a little more in the 10th, Jim. Do you know the, the, all the details on that? Yep. I, I believe the 9th is the, uh, where we get to go debut and walk in and get a feel for it for any of the members that were in the, the depth membership that just came, got released a couple of weeks ago. Uh, and then the 10th, I believe, is for general public, but they need to sign up through the website. So we're going to that. So I'm happy about that. Yeah, it sounded like there might be some little meet and greet things. I mean, obviously, they're going to do some hoopla with that. And uh, uh, yeah, really psyched. And uh, Jim, you and I are going to bring our skates. Hopefully, they'll skate around more than five minutes because I don't know how crowded this is going to be. But uh, that's going to be. Uh, yeah. So the yeah, the depths members, it's a program for with uh, benefits for fans who want a more immersive experience. Uh, and yeah. Uh, Cost program generally costs ninety dollars per season. Although I think there's a discount if you're um, if you're a um, season ticket holder. I think it's about a fifty percent discount on that, and you get priority access to you know tickets and uh, training camp events and special members only uh, happenings and little gifts and things. So uh, something for those of you who are uh, season ticket holders or just want to somehow you know get a little closer to the team and, and all these sort of perks, uh, look up on the Kraken uh, website about the depths membership. And so, um, and then you might get a, get a chance to also uh, have an early peek at the Kraken Iceplex, but of course the whole public soon enough will, will be able to see that. And that's uh, very, very, very um, impressive. And that's open sooner than our arena, which 
ticks me off because I'm <laughs> I want to get it read it now. I'm just gonna, you know, I'll be candid here. You know, they got to start on the road, and we got to wait to see them until October 23rd. But it is what it is, and I'm I'm glad they're making sure the arena uh, is is ready because I'd hate to if they were still like caulking the floors as we're walking in. I've been in those situations, so so that's some news there. So for you fans that are in the Seattle area, uh, definitely uh, keep all of that on your radar. So that's it for our uh, roundtable bit. Uh, before we get to our next segment, at this point of our program, uh, we'd like to give big, big thanks to our sponsors, particularly our new presenting sponsor, Silver City Brewery. Big, big news for us. Huge. I mean, just a game changer for our crack and fan cast. And we're very, very uh, grateful to the brewery. Uh, they are located in Bremerton and their beer sold throughout the state of Washington, uh, Silver City Brewery. It's an all-inclusive Northwest craft beer adventure in every pint. So stay tuned for more news about the Kraken Fancast and Silver City Brewery partnership in the coming weeks and months. And, um, you know, we're really uh, looking forward to working with them uh, for a long time to come. We really appreciate it, of it. And they believe in us, and we believe in them. So cheers to Silver City. Uh, also, as always, big thanks also to the Angry Beaver, Seattle's number one hockey-themed bar located in the Greenwood neighborhood of Seattle. Kraken Fancast will periodically broadcast video episodes of our program from the Angry Beaver throughout the season, so keep an eye out for that. And here we go, Lucellio's time, Lucellio's Chelios chat. We will have a chat uh, coming up in a little bit with our own Keith Armstrong. Keith's a new member of our crew uh, working behind the scenes with a lot of marketing and sponsorship help. And uh, Keith and Lou had a little discussion and they'll be able to illuminate a little bit more about the Silver City Brewery story that we want to share with you all. Um, but first, we'll talk today about the interesting and sometimes very confusing situation that is brought about by a thing called offer sheets. For instance, over the last few days, Montreal Canadian Centre is just very Kotkaniemi. I hope I pronounced it right. I hope my Finnish friends will be proud of me. I think I pronounced it right. Desperi, uh, he's been in the news a bunch in recent days due to the offer sheet the Carolina Hurricanes offered him and the pressure being put on Montreal to do something about it. Luke Chelios, what does this all mean? Luke Chelios here with uh, episode six, Chatter. Well, August is a little long month. We've been waiting for a few years for the NHL to start. Kraken have had all their excitement in July. Just an incredible run of expansion draft live on stage. A few days looking at uh, free agents lists. The hockey draft on the weekend went so fast. Boom, into free agency. We brought in Grubauer, Schwartz, Johansson, Bebeau, Olofsson, Connor Carrick. And uh, Alex Wenberg could be our star player, but we'll see. So talking today a little bit about the NHL and how it'll affect the Kraken in the future years. But seriously, Carolina Hurricanes have gone after Jesper Kotkaniemi, the young Finnish Montreal, call him a young gun. He's pretty young. He's had a couple of good years, but injuries have set him back a bit. Signs a 6.105 signing bonus offer sheet with the Carolina Hurricanes. Just crazy shook up the hockey world this week. A lot of speculation coming that uh, Buffalo might be in on a big trade with Jack Eichel going to either Calgary or Montreal. So we'll see. 
just talking hockey here in August. A lot of rumors about the Jack Eichel trade. Katkiniemi, $6.1005 million. One-year deal. Probably uh, going to stay in Carolina. Montreal takes the first round and third round pick. Haven't seen this before, but uh, the salary cap messes things up, and uh, it's very competitive out there, especially after Montreal went after Sebastian Ajo two years ago, tried to steal him away on a long-term deal. So a little bit of payback the fans are talking about. And uh, not a lot of history in these uh, offer sheets. An offer sheet is when a restricted free agent has a short or longer-term window. The team's struggling to come up with a possibly long-term deal. Agent starts talking to other teams. It's fair game. The other team can throw a contract that's a bit higher than the other team was asking or even talking about. Forces Team A, in this case, Montreal, to have to sign Kotkiniemi for $6.1 million for one year, or just let him go. Take the first rounder and the third rounder, and uh, possibly a, another player in a package. Land Jack Eichel, superstar from uh, the East Coast out of Boston. Went to Little Buffalo, hasn't done very well there. Has some neck injury issues, but uh, we'll see. The only other information I could dig up were a couple of other offer sheets that didn't get signed. Just heard about this this week. So digging up some old NHL information for Kraken fans. Mitch Marner signed a huge deal with the Leafs. But he turned down a smaller or equal deal to go to Columbus and Minnesota. Both teams were after Marner. Leafs didn't have to overpay. They maybe had a larger deal anyways. But Marner didn't sign with those two teams. It just ripped up the offer sheet. Jamie Benn had an offer sheet, $7 million a year contract, to go back to BC, play for the Canucks. He didn't sign it. And the third one I could dig up here, folks, Brayton Point. Offered a big deal by Montreal. Seems like they're in every offer sheet deal in the last couple of years. He stayed in Tampa Bay, won two Stanley Cups with Yanni Gord, and we've got Yanni Gord coming to the Kraken. Hey, it's all about the Kraken. We're going to talk uh, to a new corporate sponsor coming up in the next segment. Take it away. Luke Chelios here with Chelios Chats, and we're cracking a beer. Got marketing director of our fancast. Keith Armstrong joining us from Bremerton. Welcome, Keith, to the team. And How's it going, as fellas? I, as I open my Ziggy Zoggy beer, we have a big announcement to make about a corporate sponsor for the next year. Tell us about Silver City Brewery. Yeah, we got Silver City down in Bremerton, Washington, about a mile and a half from my, actually about a half a mile from my house, which makes it really convenient. Uh, they're just a small town brewery that started out as a restaurant brewing their own beer and has turned into the fourth largest micro actually i think they're the fourth largest brewery in the state of washington nice uh, maybe uh once they start selling this beer at the kraken hockey games starting in october they'll become the third maybe the second largest brewery craft brewery in washington well yes, tell sir. us about kurt larson your uh your great friend at uh, silver city brewery we like to thank him for the corporate sponsorship and let everybody know, pick up some six and 12 packs of Silver City Brewing. It's even at Safeway at a grocery store here in America. Gotta love it. Yeah, you betcha. Kurt is a really good friend of mine. I have I known him for a long time. I went to high school with his brother from uh, Central Kitsap High School. I was class of 91. He was class of 90. 
And uh, Kurt just started out as working at the brewery, worked himself up to uh, marketing director, VP of marketing. And he was just recently named the president of Silver City Brewery. So uh, um, he's just a great guy, really community orientated. And, uh, you know, when I brought the idea to him or when we brought the idea to him, uh, chatted with him. We chatted with Scott Homus, who's the president and owner. Actually, he's the owner of Silver City Brewery. Some of you may be familiar with the uh, award-winning Silver City restaurant in Silverdale. Like I said, uh, Silver City used to brew all their beer at the restaurant and then it just got too big. And okay. They purchased some property over in Bremerton off of Auto Center Way. So that's where they Fantastic. brew uh, all of their beer um, off-site and still sell it at the restaurant. But, you know, any you go into any local watering hole in uh, California, or, you know, they're they were just in Washington. Now they've progressed out to Idaho and Northern California, and they're definitely pretty aggressive with the marketing. And, uh, you know, they've got some great names of uh, uh, beers, you know, Silver City, you got Tropic Haze, you got uh, Ziggy Zoggy. Ziggy Zoggy. It's not Clear quite Creek. as strong as the um, Red Red Cliff. Uh, no, Ridgetop Cliff Ridge Top Red. Red. Yeah. I had that on the Friday. This was my Sunday night beer, Ziggy Zoggy. So Keith, tell me, tell me a little yeah. bit about your background. You got a great hockey background here in uh, Seattle Everett area. Yeah, it's uh, you know I was born and raised over here in Silverdale. Graduated, joined the Navy, spent some time in uh, Japan, uh, Persian Gulf on an aircraft carrier. Uh, came back sick. here, uh, coached. You know, I just recently finished my twenty second year of coaching high school sports and uh, called called it quits. You know, I've got a a granddaughter now down in Portland and uh, our other son lives down in uh, uh, Phoenix. And he just recently got hired by Delta Airlines. So we'll be taking full advantage of the uh, airline benefits. Well, that's fantastic. But, yeah, Cheers you know, to I, your uh, son for uh, getting his flying, uh, flying uh, accomplishment is what do they call it? The wings, the, the wings, the wings of Delta. Yeah. We love talking to the fans. We love drinking silver city beer and thank you, Keith. Welcome to the team and have a good night. Take care, and uh, once again, keep your stick in the air and celebrate those goals. Okay, thanks very much, Lute and Keith, and Lute for the uh, explanation on offer sheets. Appreciate that. Very illuminating. And uh, thank you, guys. Another another uh, fun episode with you guys, another fun chat. Uh, we'll have another one coming up in a couple of weeks or so. Um, remember, uh, for all of you who would like to stay in touch with us or reach out to us, please follow us on our Facebook page. Twitter page and Instagram pages, all under Kraken Fancast. You also can listen to us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Uh, once again, my name is Chris Porter. Thanks much to Jim Cockrell, Nathan Gunderson, and Luke Chelios, and also our producer, Jay Middleton. And as always, go Kraken! Go Kraken! Go Kraken.